Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Our thoughts, we think we're thinking all the time. You know, we think we're these rational creatures. We're really not. Most of our thoughts are just old patterns and beliefs and behavior that are just thought loops. I call them mental loops, just running on automatic. You know, if you can stop and pause, you'll notice that. But most of our emotions come from these mental loops. So what I just did was I I decided, okay, I'm going to pick one particular loop, right? Just one that's primal and that's love and just work on that. And that's feeling love for myself. And how about I did it is what the practice became. But the, the core is just doing that. Just doing that, just doing that, layering it in, layering it in. And what eventually happens is this one groove, because we wired for it anyway, you know, look at any baby, you'll, you'll agree. Uh, we wired for it anyway, it starts to run, and it starts to run its own. And then your thoughts start to arise from this place. Your feelings start to arise from this place. And then your life starts to arise from this place. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Hey, it's Srini. So I just want to tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you're listening to the show. And if you found the podcast fascinating, instructive, inspiring, or maybe even heartwarming, If there's one person you could think of who'd appreciate our show, a friend or a family member, take a moment and share the show with them because good ideas are meant to be shared. Kamal, welcome back to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, Thanks so much. We have a bit of a history on this podcast. Uh, I think you were one of the first, you might have been the first or the second podcast I ever did actually years ago. Well, you know, I I think that that is the case with many people. Ryan Holiday said the same thing to me recently when we did his interview for um, Stillness is the Key. So I, I... I always really appreciate it when uh, somebody has done so many interesting things that we have a reason to bring them back multiple times. And you are, I think, in rare company and, and you know, in terms of being a handful of guests who have fit that criteria. Uh, and, you know, you've spoken at our events before. Uh, your books have, you know, had a profound impact on me and uh, I think many, many people. And so it's always a joy to have you back. So, before we get into Thanks, uh, everything that you're up to, um, I want to start with a question that I don't think I've ever asked you before, and that is, uh-huh. what is one of the most important things that you learned from your mother growing up that have influenced and shaped who you've become and what you've done with your life? From my mother? Um, that's a great question. Uh, she once told me, you're a, you're a strong son of a strong mother. Be strong. Hmm. Uh, it's a pretty profound statement. Yeah. If you think about it, and, you know, and yeah. I watched her be strong. I watched her go through shit and be strong. So <clears throat> yeah, that definitely affected me. How, um, how did it shape and influence your behavior throughout your life and the choices that you've made? 
look, it's not like I sat around thinking about it. You know, sure, it's not yeah. like when I, someone says, it's like now looking back and anecdotally trying to find something, right? So it's not like I went to, I was going through something and then the heavens opened up and, you know, I have my mom's voice say that my mom's alive, thankfully, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's more as just like I've always, I've always had this inner strength in me that I've always felt like no matter what, I will get, I will figure a way out of it. I'll get better through it. Uh-huh. And for all I know, this may have been precipitated by that. Yeah. Uh, that inner strength, that sort of view on the world that no matter what is going on, that it'll get better, that you'll go through it. Uh, what if we didn't have somebody like your mom who gave us that message? Can we develop it? Can we build it in oh, ourselves? Oh, yeah, totally, we- totally. Like, How? look, look, I'm, uh, by the way, when you asked me that question, you know, like you, you asked me to think in the spot and come up with something, right? Yeah. So doesn't mean that that was the answer, right? It's right. what I remember. Like, the, I'm a big believer in like, look, we create ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, no matter what we've been through, it's, it's actually who we choose to be because of it yeah. or through it. And, and sometimes despite it, sometimes because of it, sometimes after it, sometimes before it, we choose who we're going to be because of what we go through. You know, like I, I love, um, <clears throat> action adventure movies, especially like the ones that are fun, like say Indiana Jones, you know, uh, you look at him and it's always like, he's always going through stuff, but he's the hero. Right. Uh-huh. So he's always chased. I mean, a, like a, like a company of Nazis will take away his treasure and he'll chase a company of Nazis with a whip and a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it with a whip and a six shooter. Right. And he's going to yeah. come. It's a full company of Nazis, you know, heavily armed Nazis. It's, it's who, but he's the hero who you choose to be. And he's completely driven and passionate about what he does. And he's not going to give up. I think it's all these, all these things, man. It's all these, um, our beliefs are define who we are because our beliefs create our act, thoughts and our actions. And we actually can choose our beliefs yeah. and we actually live them. You know, I don't think it's like we were just programmed at a certain point and that's all we're stuck with that. I really don't believe in that at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. What beliefs have changed over the course of your life? Do you think like, what did you believe when you were younger that you don't anymore? Um, I used to believe that the world was a hard place. I used to believe that the world was a cruel place. I used to believe that the world was an unforgiving place. I believe actually the opposite now. Yeah. I believe that the world is actually quite beautiful. People are giving and kind. When you connect with them one-on-one, you know, you don't look at Twitter. Twitter's or YouTube <laughs> comments are not indicative of the human race. You yeah. know, when you connect with people, people are fundamentally good. Uh-huh. You know, that they're, <clears throat> I believe um, that life is magical no matter what. Like it's up to us to actually sometimes see it when it doesn't feel like it, but I really do believe that. Um, yeah, complete 180 on all that. Yeah. Now, did you change your mind because of life experiences, or do you think that you changed your mind and life experiences shaped changing your beliefs? Damn good question. I'd say both. Yeah. I would say both. Um, but I would say actually a lot of it comes from mindset. When you shift your mind, you know, your view of, of reality changes. And then if your view of reality changes, reality changes, you know? So uh-huh. I think a lot of it's mindset. Um, um, I, you know, I always work on my internal self. It's something I've always believed in. Uh, something I was the kid who always wanted to figure out the nature of reality, you know? And ultimately I think the nature of reality is inside uh, whatever it is, you know, it's we're um, whatever we are, you know, walking around thinking, feeling this thing, that's, that's all we can control ultimately. And if you control, uh-huh. that's our true, that's our true power is to control this, this, 
being inside. And when I say control, I don't mean like uh, force it, but to mold uh, this being inside into whatever better version of what of, of we want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so that was a great question. I think ultimately it's probably both. They reinforce each other. If you if you shift your mindset, you know, <clears throat> then uh, your actions and your reality kind of reflect it, and that that just spirals a circle upwards. You know, I don't think it's wow. either or. It's, it's like a reinforcing loop. Yeah. So I know from our previous conversations that you were very much an anomaly of an Indian person in that you didn't grow up around an Indian community despite having you know an Indian immigrant mom. Um, you were in the military. Uh, did your mom ever encourage any particular career path for you and your brother? Like, hey, you know, go be a doctor or any of that? Uh, and what was the reaction from her uh, when you said, you know, I think I'm going to go join the army? No, she didn't really. She always just, you know, one thing about her, but look, she, we grew up quite, um, we didn't grow up with any money. We grew up quite poor. And uh, yeah. and um, she was just busy working, trying to put food on the table, you know, and pay the rent. And she just said, you know, uh, just do your, I'm trying to remember, but she never tried to force any career paths on us. I think she was just happy that we were sane and we were smart and that we were just, you know, doing well in school. I was more of the troublemaker, but yeah. uh, no, there was no particular career path. Though I do remember when I joined the army, I was in the, I was in college for a year and I called her up and I said, you know, mom, I'm, I'd gone to the recruit, different recruiters offices and I called her up and I said, mom, I'm thinking about joining the army. And there's like a pause on the other end. She goes, okay, um, be careful. And then a week later, I called her up and I was like, mom, I joined the army. You know, that's, that's just me that I think she's got used to me just being like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, it was funny. I was talking about Mark Devine uh, the other day and he's a former Navy SEAL. And he was like, yeah, you might've been the only Indian American who was in the infantry. You know, <laughs> and I was uh-huh. like, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, as far as I know, I remember meeting a couple of Indian Americans there. I remember actually only one and he was a doctor. in the military i was the only one that i ever met that was in the infantry um but i always looked at myself as my own just my own creature you know that's i don't i'm not a particular fan of of identifying with any particular like uh particular group i just want to be me and i want to be the best version of me that i can be you know yeah that's it and so you know, like I don't like affiliating with political parties, for example, for that reason and so forth. Like I like to just think for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny that, that you, you brought that up. Uh, are you the older or the younger the older. brothers? Okay. So it's funny because I, I think I told you, you know, I had listened to your brother's podcast uh, that he did on how to get rich probably 10 times. I mean, I made a mind map of it that I sent to him that he shared with his followers because he thought, you know, I, I thought it was so dense within, you know, powerful information. Uh, but, I, you know, it's funny because now I'm getting to talk to you and I want to kind of talk a bit about the contrast because I remember the very first time we talked, you said, yeah, the person that everybody knows is my brother. You know, I'm kind of uh, not anywhere as nearly as known as him. And I wonder how one that has shaped your dynamic as adults, uh, but what also uh, was the dynamic between both of you um, as children and how did you each influence each other? Um. Dynamic as adults is we love each other, man. We support each other. We're there for each other. We're brothers. Uh, the people, right. uh, people ask that question. I'm yeah. like, I, I'm always flabbergasted. I'm like, we're brothers. 
fucking proud of him. Yeah. Happy for him. Like I want my brother. You know that. What else would I want from my brother? He's my brother. Like it, it always, I always yeah. laugh and people expect something else. It's like you know that's just the uh-huh. way I look at it. He's my brother. Um, you know, sure. it's my brother. I got his back. That's it. That's simple. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'd expect nothing less. I, I wonder. You know, what have you guys learned from each other? Like, what have you learned from him, and what do you think he's learned from you? I don't know, man. Um, I think, you know, I've learned some good stuff in business from him. You know, yeah. like he, he's really sharp in that. Um, he's probably learned more stuff from some life stuff from me, like, uh, you know, some of the paths he's taken in um, spirituality and so forth going inwards. You know, I was doing that long before him. And so mm. we, we've learned from each other, but we also have forged our own paths. So yeah. I don't know. It's like asking siblings what they learn from each other is a tough one, man. Um, because yeah. I'm, I'm sure we do, but it's, um, but you're not consciously aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't sit yeah. around and teach each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Uh, I did teach so, him how to work out though. I, that was, yeah. that, that was something that was very important to me. It's always been very important to me since, um, since I was in the army and I wanted to pass that, share that with him. So I did teach him mm-hmm. how to work out and, you know, he ran with it and he, and, uh, he got in shape. And so that was like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So I know from our conversations, uh, all of, and all of your writing and, and, you know, the multiple conversations you and I have even not on the podcast, there's this very spiritual element to your life and how you live it. Uh, is that something that came about later in your life or is it something that was prevalent when you were growing up later and in what ways? Okay. Later. And, and what was the, what was the path to, to discovering that? Curiosity. And honestly, yeah. I, I don't even know if spiritual is the right word. You know, it's just uh-huh. more just trying to um, uh, figure out the nature of reality and live it, if that makes any yeah. sense. And also just living life, man. Like I was telling someone, like, for example, you know, the books I write, you know, so they, they, they fall, fall in a self-help genre, but I never set out to be a self-help writer. <clears throat> I don't read most self-help yeah. books, man. Like I, I'm a, I I do stuff. I like doing things and learning from them and then sharing it. You know, uh-huh. like everything I write is from my experience. It's not from theory. It's not from like reading others. It's from actually like doing stuff. You know, it's from my yeah. pure experience. So, um, yeah, so you won't find me a member of any spiritual communities either. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, in fact, I usually run away from those things when I get invited to them. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, before we get into the army, I, I want to ask you about something, because this is the first time I think you've ever referenced it in the book, and that was your father. I think it's the only time I've ever seen your father referenced in anything. Um, Actually, no. What Rebirth was uh, the whole story of me like coming to terms with his death. Really? Okay. It, it's been so long since I read the, the novel book yeah. that I probably don't remember. Yeah. But I mean, what was his role in your life? Like, Was he present when you guys were growing up? And if not, what has been the impact of that in your adult life? The impact of that, no, my dad was an abusive guy. He yeah. wasn't present. Uh, we left him when we were, uh, my mom left him and took us when we were little kids. Um, and rightfully so. Um, the impact there was learning to forgive. Yeah. I had to forgive him as an adult. That was the impact. Learning that his humanity, that look, he was just a human being, you know, flawed like everybody else in their own special ways. And, you know, and forgiving him, uh, forgiving him and, you know, understanding his humanity helped me forgive him. 
I had to do that after he died, you know, so I had to come to terms with that after he died, which is, <clears throat> you know, you know, if you can do that before a parent dies, I highly recommend it. It's a lot yeah. easier. And it's also a lot, the resolution you end up having is, is quite freeing. Uh-huh. Uh, when you free yourself after they die, it's harder. You got to work it all out yourself. Um, at least that's been my experience with, uh, with the others I've seen when they've had yeah. to deal with forgiveness in their parents. Yeah. But you want to forgive because ultimately forgiveness frees you. If you don't forgive, you're the one who's stuck. Yeah. When uh, you're going through this process of forgiveness, first off, did you ever see him again after uh, he left or after your mom left with you guys? No, I only saw him a few times when I found out he was dying. Wow. And did you have any conversations with him at that time? A couple, but they were, you know, they weren't as, as deep as I, I, as I should have been. They were more like, they weren't, there was no, they wasn't deep. There were more, I went to see him when I found out he was dying. That yeah. was it. There was no reconciliation per se. Mm-mm. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about your time in the army. I mean, I think that one of the things like I think we talked about is you're this sort of anomaly. I mean, Indian infantrymen in the army, I think the only Indians I know who've ever had anything to do with the army are also all doctors. Um, but yeah, I know you alluded to in our previous conversations. So, uh, what did you learn while being there, um, that has shaped the way that you live your life now? Like what are the habits, the things you learned, like the lessons learned from your time there? And then the other thing, I, I always wonder this about people who are in military and I've, you know, had the good fortune to talk to people like Chris Vessel and other Navy SEALs. And, you know, when people are on the front lines facing death, that I think is far more terrifying than almost anything most of us could conceive. So how in the world do you navigate the challenging emotions of something like that? Well, it's interesting. You know, I never had to, I, w- I didn't end up in the front lines, you know, I got yeah. out uh, bef- um, without having, I mean, I was just. Dist- yeah, just never ended up being in the front line. So I can't speak on that. No. You know, it's actually interesting because I have a buddy of mine who's a Navy SEAL who was one of the first SEAL teams in uh, Afghanistan after 9-11. And he was a sniper. And I asked you know, and I, I asked him, what were you doing? And he said, I was in caves hunting. That was, you know, they were like there with the small teams, no no backup, really sh- They gave them the wrong equipment, you know, and, and the whole works, right? And I, so I said, so what was it like? He said, honestly, it was easier than our training. It was almost yeah. a relief, you know, so it depends. But, you know, when you talk about these special forces operators, it's a different game, man. Like the level of training they have is just insane. That You know, <clears throat> regular military doesn't have that kind of training. You just, you mm-hmm. can't because now you're dealing with numbers. Um, but I'd say the best, uh, I mean, you still have a hell of a training, right? But like when you, yeah. when you go to, when you meet these special forces guys, you see like what they, what they were trained for was a whole different, whole different level. Um, you know, the I'd say the main thing I learned actually just was in boot camp where like I was just so challenged and I realized I can I can get through this and I can actually like get through it on the other side and actually do well because you were challenged every day and it was infantry boot camp at Fort Benning, Georgia in the middle of the summer, you know, in the swamps of Georgia, like literally, um, you know, you <clears throat> and that's what I think boot camp is a, a kind of designed to like basically make you realize you can get through this and not also get through it, but I can actually like choose to, I can do well, you know, and it was, yeah. it was hard and it was every day it was hard, but you know, it was a great uh, belief pattern system, but it's also been a limiting belief if I think about it, because 
what it's made me do is it's made me create like difficult situations in my life that's made me thrive, go through and thrive. Right. Because wow. like I'm also realizing one can also go grow through um, just ease and and beautiful things happening, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, but it was a great gift because it gave me a sense of self at 18 that you walk through the world differently. You walk through the world when you come out as a man. And that you, I went in as a boy. Sure, I came out, you know, still young, young, but you walk differently, man. You know you can take care of yourself. It's a, it's, that's something mm-hmm. the military gives you. You go through that, you walk out, you like, I can, I can handle this. Yeah. You know, that's something special. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, speaking of difficult experiences, I know that you recently had what was basically a near-death experience that you wrote about in Facebook. We were joking about the fact that all these people kept texting you. And I said, well, it's nice that you might, it, you know, I said, probably nice to know that you have so many people who care about you. What, what actually happened, but more importantly, what are the things that go through your mind if you're thinking, wow, this is it? Like, Because I think that most of us, we have this very clear sense that mortality is something we're going to confront. Uh, you know, We write great sort of motivational books and posters and all this other nonsense about it, but I don't think anybody can really, really understand what that means until they're you know, forced to confront it themselves. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, look, I won't go into too much of the details because I'll take too much time and I just don't, frankly, yeah. don't feel like reliving them. Um, sure. <laughs> but you know, what I'll tell you is like, it was, it was, um, I had elective surgery just to fix an old, old injury. And then, um, then they had a complication and, and an artery burst. And then one of the arteries that they had worked mm-hmm. on to, to free up from the injury. And because they stitched it up and the stitching came apart and it burst and like, when an artery burst, it's a one way street. Um, and it burst hard and I basically bled out really hard. So for, so forcefully that it burst out of my body it was spraying blood everywhere. And the only thing that saved me was the fact that I was still in the hospital. I hadn't left yet. And, um, and talk about mayhem, you know, immediately like being, you know, everyone just running around you, screaming, yelling, grabbing you, throwing you in a stretcher. You know, I mean, I already was cause I was recovering from surgery 12 hours ago. And, um, Taking, I mean, I still, still very unreal. And taking the OR, look, there was no preparation. There was no thinking. There was no thought at that point. You, there is no. It wasn't like you know when people people die like slower, gentler, or whatever. It was very. It was full right. on trauma. So there was. It was just pure thoughts and images. Not even no, no thoughts. Just feelings and feelings and images. That's all it was. Yeah. Just really hard and fast feelings and images and just love and fear and and like a fear in a way i've never i'm not some someone who feels much fear honestly because uh, i strongly dislike it and i work to not feel it when i say not feel i don't repress it i work to like shift it um but it was more like just the, those it went to those primal it was pure primal and then also mm. at one point realizing that this might be it and then having to let go into that like when your brain your brain kicks in once in a while, then goes back to primal. And we're talking like this is happening in I don't know how many, just a few minutes. Yeah. Um, and really, when it turns out like this, just might be it, and having to surrender to that. Yeah. I guess the more important question for me, rather than you know, and I agree, like I, I don't I don't blame you for not wanting to relive the details or go into any of the details beyond that. But um, what if any decisions did you make about how you were going to live your life going forward? as a byproduct of this experience? Like, did anything change? No, I'm still me, man. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, 
I live pretty consistent to what I believe. Um, hmm. Maybe just, I'm thinking. Look, I'm still just a little over two months out. So honestly, I don't know. I mean, I have less tolerance for things I don't want to do. But yeah. I've just become that way more and more. Like, I just don't want to do be around people I don't want to be around or do things I don't do things I don't want to do. Um, so honestly, I don't know. It hasn't been like that grand on epiphany where I, all of a sudden, you know, I woke up and I moved to a, to a Zen monastery or anything like that. You know, it's more <laughs> like I'm still just healing. I'm in a place of healing. You know, the one yeah. thing is um, my mindset. I've been making sure I work on my mindset. It's because that's the most important thing. And I went through something that was quite hard. And so like mm-hmm. I li- I'm living what I write about. You know, the reason why we're talking is because of this new book, right? I'm living that. And that's actually really helped in the recovery from it. It takes you away from the victim Mm. uh, mode into like, into just healing and growth. Um, Because it's very easy to fall into victim mode when you go through these things. Your mind very, very naturally. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then. 
right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Goes there. Hi, I'm Roshan. I've been listening to the podcast for the past four years now. I find the quality and diversity of guests on it is really hard to match. There's even a few conversations from around three years ago that hit me so hard, like the interviews of Ted Rice, Rima Zaman, and Dave Munson, just to name a few, that I can remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when I was listening to them. I joined the Unmistakable Tribe on the Mighty Networks app because I thought it would be a chance to meet other listeners. It's definitely been that, but it's also been a lot more. People share their stories and their amazing work on the app, which is a real source of inspiration to me. It just helps to remind me of all that's possible when you persist with a creative habit, whether or not you're famous. Also, I think being a part of the tribe feels quite different to being on Facebook. On Facebook, I find that too many posts leave me with a sense of feeling less than, or frankly, just don't interest me. With the tribe, though, I just check in to see if there are any posts that look interesting to me, and then I just leave without spending ages on it. Using the app is a simple way to connect with other human beings who have similar interests, as well as learn about cool stuff. Uh, recently, for example, Milena, the lovely community manager, set up a co-working meetup. Uh, I tried it out for a task I'd been putting off, and I found it to be really productive. If it sounds like your kind of thing, I definitely recommend trying it out. You have nothing to lose. Look forward to seeing you there. Just visit unmistakablecreative.com slash tribe to sign up and learn more. And I look forward to seeing you inside our new Mighty Network. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I, I was there for, you know, probably the last two days when I knew we were canceling the conference. And then I realized I was like, okay, I can put all my energy into the fact that this has been a failure and we're going to lose some money. Or I could take that same energy and shift it to whatever is next and, you know, work my ass off to make that successful. And I was like, well, that would be a much better use of all of my, you know, time and energy. Um, but you wrote this, the first version of this book in the wake of, um, a startup that failed. I remember because you said, you know, your startup failed in your life kind of, you know, you, you blow up a startup in your life with it. Uh, and I think that, you know, it was such a, a bizarre way of processing, uh, that experience that clearly resonated with a lot of people that goes very counter to the sort of Silicon Valley hyper productivity biohacking, you know, sort of culture that we have built, um, one, how did you stumble upon this practice of all the things you could do? Like what made you say, okay, this is how I'm going to figure out how to solve this problem. Like, because I, I remember I wasn't sitting there trying to figure out a problem. Yeah. This wasn't an analytical thing, man. This was a heart thing. Yeah. Heart. G-R-T. This was pure from a place of just hitting bottom. When you hit bottom, you don't sit there and analyze it. Yeah. Like I'm not, uh, I don't have Asperger's, you know, I'm a, I, I feel, um, and I hit bottom. It was, I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to get out of this or die trying. Mm -hmm. And the only way I could figure it out to get out of it was to make a commitment to myself, a vow to myself. And it was a vow that came from deeper than me. And it wasn't like something planned. And it was a vow to love myself. Something in me knew that that would save me. And the other thing was I had no idea how to. So there was no stumbling into any practice. There was no reading it on TechCrunch or this or that. There was none of that. It was like something from deep within me. And then having to sit up because I made a vow, and I really do believe you want to rock your life, make commitments to yourself and keep them, mm -hmm. make commitments to others and keep, keep them, keep your word. Yeah. 
So, and I do believe that if you make a vow to yourself, that's the ultimate commitment. So I had to, I had to live it. And because I had to live it, I had to figure out what to do. And no one taught me, taught me this. I just sat there and tried things in my head and started to see what started to work, what started to make me feel better and went down those, those pathways. And <clears throat> before I knew it, I, I, I did it obsessively because it was literally, I was all in. And then things in me started to shift and whatever made me shift, I went deeper. If it, if it stopped working, I threw it away. Yeah. And in the end, I was left with just some very basic, simple things that, that really worked and really changed things on the inside, which changed things on the outside. And so this book was just, was the, the original version of the book was just to share. I was actually shut up uh, people who wanted, you know, I was telling people what I'd done and how to do it. And then, you know, then you get asked all these questions and all this. I'm like, and then some friends convinced me to write a book on it. I was like, okay, I'll write a small little thing with yeah. the very basics. And put it out and, uh, you know, you can read that. And, you know, that book, uh, I put that out and, you know, I put, I wrote from the heart, but I also have craft. I've studied, you know, obsessively studied writing for a very long time. And, and, uh, once again, I think my browser is going to, my computer is going to sleep. Um, and so, uh, you know, I put it out and the book took off. It literally went viral. Yeah. And why? Because I shared fundamental truth i wasn't trying to create any systems i wasn't trying to prove anything in fact i thought i was going to be a laughing stock in silicon valley yeah. right i really did and i took that risk because that's something really important fundamentally really important to share yeah. something that i was willing to bet on yeah because something that had like changed me and here's the interesting thing it's a human thing you work in your inside you know like the way i did it you i have like countless emails from people telling me how it's changed them why? We're human beings. Same in the internal mechanisms are the same, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Um, let's, let's talk um, specifically about the, the practice itself. I think that one thing that, that's interesting to me is that uh, I remember the piece that I did on Medium about what we should have learned in school but never did. And, and one of the things I realized is we don't teach you know kids how to be confident in schools, even though it's one of the most important things. And I remember we had a Shita Gupta here who was talking about self-love and she had a self-love coach. And I said, and she said, you know what? People say that this is easy. She's like, but this is one of the hardest skills of all. And it, first off, like one, given the importance of this, why do you think that parents don't in, you know, infuse this belief into their children? Why don't schools infuse it into their students? And why, why is it not more prevalent in the way that we're brought up? We seem, it seems we have to find our way here through a lot of pain. Look, man, I'm not qualified to answer that question. I'm not a parent. Um, <laughs> I've been involved in education of any manner. Um, yeah. I'm just a guy who does shit and shares it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, man. Like, so I can't answer. I don't think I'm qualified to answer those societal questions. You know, if, I'm not running for office anywhere. Um, okay. I, think, I think, honestly, it's just a human thing, man. The human, we're yeah. just... As we grow up, we get wired towards, I don't know why, maybe just the way society is, just towards what I, what I call light or darkness, more towards the yeah. thoughts go towards darkness. And what I fundamentally stumble upon on my own and, and trying to save myself is like, like focus on the light, work on the light from the inside. If you keep uh -huh. on working the light from the inside, you will shine, your life will shine. It's really that simple. You know, yeah. there's many ways to, uh, there are many ways to, sh you know, Shangri-La. I just happen to find mine. And because it's, it, it taps into something so primal, which is love, which we're wired for anyway. It just works. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about some of the, the things that you actually said in the book. You said memory is not set in stone. Any neuroscientist will tell you that the more you remember something, especially if it's emotionally charged, the more you'll reinforce the pathways connecting neurons. Simply put, the more you think about it, the more you feel it, the stronger the memory. Now, each of us have memories of experiences that start out joyful and end up painful. For example, a breakup, which I know you even wrote about breakups in, in this. Uh, and when we look back at that, you know, I found that the, you know, the sting of it diminishes over time. Um, but when we look at memories like this, is it time that allows us to basically reduce that sort of um, intense negative charge? Or can we change that without sort of the time of processing? It's our choice. Uh, you know, time heals all, as they say. But um, I think if we can consciously go into our memory and actually change, change the, the feeling of it, uh, literally, so what we try to do is we try to change the feeling so it doesn't have that emotional uh, grab. It's the emotional grab that holds us back. So, and it's it's actually like so. What I do is like, and I, and I talk. You know, the reason why I wrote this expanded version and it's significantly expanded is to share the nuances of all the things I've done because I you know get all these emails from my readers asking me questions and I realize I held too, I held too much back in the original version by keeping it so short. Did so like. You know, there's all these things that I've done using the same practice to go and actually just really take away the emotional grab from my childhood stuff by by actually using the self-love stuff that I do. And it works. It's not it's not hard. It's just look, memory, you know, we, we don't walk around with how how much does a brain weigh? Like how many pounds? Like three pounds or whatever. Better to Google it, but yeah. Something like that. We're not walking with three pounds of granite in our heads. We're walking with like malleable biochemistry. You know, and that's, it's a living, breathing thing inside. We're living, breathing things. And inside is malleable, you know, neurons, you know, when they, neural pathos and they form are not formed in granite. They're formed in, you know, tissue. They're formed in, uh, you know, electro, sodium, potassium pumps, you know. So, like, the stuff is malleable. And you can go in and actually, like, mold it to, just, just mold it to what serves us. You know, and what you're doing, and you can add in different meanings and interpretations rather than waiting for time to do it. We can just, but it takes conscious work. You know, that's the, that's the, that's the work. You have to choose to do it. And it may be, it may not necessarily be the easiest thing to go and relive a memory to, uh, to put a new meaning on it, but man, it's yeah. transformative. Huh. So let's do this. Let's actually talk, um, Specifically, specifically about the practice itself, but I think I want to set this up by you know, referencing a quote. You said, "You know, struggle reinforces pain. Instead, go to love. Love yourself. Feel it. If you have to fake it, fine. Feel the love for yourself as the memory ebbs and flows." And I guess that kind of makes this perfect segue from talking about memory. But what is this practice? Because I know you you actually go very, you know you make it very specific and clear, and it's incredibly simple. That's what I was really struck by. Well, yeah, the best things are, man it's it's really truth is simple like i think the best things in life are simple you know like you want to get it you want to lose weight stop eating garbage you know eat yeah. like natural foods you know you want to get in shape just go do squats deadlifts and sprints and militaries and and uh, and bench you know uh -huh. basics 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 you go to the basics uh especially for the body especially with the mind it's when we all try to overcomplicate things as uh when it gets stuck if you go to the basics and then it's just a matter of consistency, you know, like going to the gym every, you know, you, if you go to the gym 365 days a year versus one day a year or like seven <laughs> days a year, you know, you, you yeah. show the difference. Same thing with the mind. 
you know, when you uh-huh. work on your mind, you know, and the mind is an unruly horse, but it's a horse that you can ride, you know, rather yeah. than being just being dragged everywhere and into every, you know, corner you don't want to go to, you can actually like, you can actually ride the horse and use it for what it's meant to do. Um, it's a work though. And it's, it's a practice. And so like, you know, one of the things, um, I realized when I first shared in the original version, um, like seven years ago, um, after all the emails I got was that the fact that, look, you know, the mind is, I needed to share more. I need to show the nuances, you know, that's where people were getting hung up on. And also how do you make it last? But ultimately it's mm-hmm. all very, very simple. It comes from commitment, you know, and I show how I make this commitment, you know, self-forgiveness. I show exactly how I do it. And it's very simple and it works because you got to clear up, you know, you got to leave the past behind before you step into the future. And then, you know, then how you basically step-by-step step, do this internal work to love yourself. There's nothing external uh-huh. here. It's all internal and it doesn't take much time. It's yeah. all part of living your life anyway. It's all, you know, if there's anything, I think there's the one thing I do that takes time, but that's like seven minutes, right? Yeah. And anyone can free up seven minutes in a day. And the, these things compound, these effects compound. You notice a difference in your mind. And when you notice a difference in uh-huh. your mind, you start to notice a difference in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's simple, but it requires, that's why I call it, it's a practice. You know, uh-huh. I don't call it, um, it's not like, you know, I was watching, I don't know what I was watching. I was watching a reference to Yoda yesterday, you know, do or do not, there is no try. I think especially here, if you want to really transform your life, really, really transform your life for yourself, you got to do it from the inside out. You got to work on the inside first. Mm. You know, that shows up in the outside. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's get specific here. Um, I, I thought the self-forgiveness exercise was brilliant. I, I did that and I thought, yeah, you reminded me, I have a page that I have to either burn or th- throw in the trash of, of things that I needed to forgive myself for. Uh, but let's get into the specifics. I mean, you, I, I remember you actually just, it was like four pages, the whole thing about the practice. So describe it for us. Like if somebody were to listen to us, um, what would you tell them to do, to do this? Well, here's the thing. I want to be a little careful about that. I remember I used to do that. And then then I've had to write an expanded book to actually explain it because it's not, it's one thing to tell people. It's like when they tell people go how to bench and just go bench and squat, it's another thing to show them how to bench and squat. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, so that's why one of the reasons why I wrote the expanded version, because I was seeing all the, all the issues and where people were stumbling versus where I, what I had done. Right. So I okay. want to be a little careful of just being prescriptive on, on for five minutes and then someone. So, uh, you know, but ultimately look what, what this is based on is very simple. It's like, look, you, our thoughts, we think we're thinking all the time. You know, we think we are these rational creatures. We're really not. Most of our thoughts are just old patterns and beliefs and behavior that are just thought loops. I call them mental loops. It's just running on automatic. You know, if you can stop and pause, you'll notice that. But most of our emotions come from these mental loops. So what I just did was I, w- I decided, okay, I'm going to pick one particular loop, right? Just one that's primal and that's love and just work on that. And that's feeling love for myself. And how about I did it is what the practice became. But but the core is just doing that, just doing that, just doing that, layering it and layering it. And what eventually happens is this one groove, because we wired for it anyway, you know, look any baby, you'll you'll agree. Uh, We wired for it anyway, it starts to run and it starts to run its own. And then your thoughts start to arise from this place. Your feelings start to arise from this place. And then your life starts to arise from this place. You know, so I think that's the best way to actually just describe the practice. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. I love, I love, love the way you describe that, you know, for making the sort of 
thoughts to your behaviors to your life arising from this place. Yeah, and it's it actually starts to become automatic. You know, yeah. you just start. You, yeah, I was going to ask you because I you mentioned slipping or, or sort of um, coasting. You know, coasting in the book where yeah, you forget. Yeah, not you forget. You get lazy. Yeah. You know, it's like look, we're dealing with patterns layered of uh, we're what we're up against is patterns from a lifetime. You know, mm-hmm. if you're putting in one core pattern, you got to keep on reinforcing it. If you've been fat all your life and you you take a year and really go all out and be, are healthy at the gym, your body will show. But if next year you just lie on the TV and eat bonbons all day, your body will show a year uh-huh. later. Same thing with the mind, right? Yeah. So the mind always needs to be um, like uh, to, to be actually like honed, you know, and it's uh-huh. the greatest instrument we got. You know, it's yeah. funny. It's the greatest instrument we got is the one that we work on the least. <laughs> you think about it. That is true. Yeah. So there's an interesting um, sort of paradox of, you know, spiritual books, you know, whatever, self-help books. I I think that one of the things I've appreciated that you've mentioned over and over through our conversation is that you're not a person who, you know, reads this stuff. You just go out and do things and write about it. Uh, And yet I think there's this sort of temptation to consume, consume, consume and do nothing with it. I've seen that pattern with so many people um, where they're just junkies in terms of, you know, self-help books, podcasts, whatever it is, but nothing changes for them. Like they don't actually take action. Uh, you, you know, you've mentioned like what the role of that is. Do you have any sense for why people are like that? Yeah, because it's easier to consume than it is to actually do the work. And that comes from fear, yeah. man. Um, here's the irony. Like it's when we do the work is when transformation happens. And I always say like, look, I even wrote that this in the original version. I was like, look, just pick one thing. Stop going to all these different things. Stop reading all these different, just pick one thing that feels true to you and just go all in. That's what transformed me. I picked this one thing and I went all in, you know, when you go all in is when, when, you know, change happens, right? When there's no, but if you go all in something for a couple of days and then something else, a couple of days, something else, a couple of days, like, you know, you're doing weight, you know, starting doing weights for three days. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, maybe I'll do yoga for then do that for three days. Oh, maybe I'll just do stretching, do that for three days. You know, like, no, no, pick one thing. Go all in. Do it for, you know, for what I found for me was 30 days. And I don't know why. I mean, maybe it was yeah. just a month. But, like, it works. You do it all, go all in for, like, in the internal work for a month, you know. Uh-huh. That month later, you'll know. You'll see it. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have seen the changes in you. But pick that one thing. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, whatever that one thing is. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, even learning how to surf, I, I remember there was a guy in a bar who said, go 50 times. He said, you'll be too invested to quit at that point. And, yeah, here I am 10 years later doing this that's thing. great advice yeah yeah wow that's great advice yeah um especially when because you, you start to notice the improvement and there's a joy yeah you know human beings we like we revel in improvement especially when we start if you start when you start to improve the note improvement in your thoughts uh-huh that that that's beautiful uh-huh that's actually that's magical when you start to notice improvement just a natural improvement in your thoughts and your feelings yeah you know that what you have to consciously first try to make happen then starts to happen on its own uh, you know, it's like when you're working out and you just one day you take off your shirt, you notice abs there, you know, like, yeah. you know, like it's, it's a great feeling and you earned it. You did it. Yeah. You know, like that's the best feeling. Now do that with your internal self. Yeah. I noticed that with my shoulders when I, when I surfed for like a year, one of my friends and I we were, these guys were all getting ready for a wedding. These are friends I went to college. was like, Shreen, take your shirt off. And I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. But it was kind of funny too. Uh, 
And yeah, I mean, I remember that distinctly when I finally started to click and I was like, oh my God, I'm surfing. I'm like standing up on waves with no effort whatsoever and I'm actually riding them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's persistence. It's consistency, you know, yeah. it's practice. Wow. Um, well, let's do this. We're, you know, people are hearing this early on in the year. And I think one of the things that we tend to think about is our goals. And I think that you're making a really strong case for, you know, how much internal work we have to do to see external changes. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you about um, that I don't think I've asked you about before is that, you know, you've basically been around, you know, people like your brother have accumulated significant amounts of wealth. You've invested in founders who've done the same. You've been, you know, around these types of people. Over the course of your life, as somebody who's, you know, seen, you know, like the opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, like you said, you grew up poor and now you're basically in situations where you get to see what these people are like. How's your perspective on money and wealth changed at all? And if so, how? Um, money's just a tool, man. It's, it doesn't change. It doesn't change who you are. You're still you. Mm. You know, money's, money gives you freedom, but it gives you freedom to be more of you. So don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, and money doesn't make you a better person or worse person. Uh, money, you're still you. Mm. Uh, money just gives you freedom to be more you more in society. It's a beautiful thing. You know, I, I, uh, I was actually talking to someone about this and she, she made some comment about, oh, but I don't like money. I'm like, why? It's, it's what you do with it is up to you. You know, you can do great, great things with it, you know, and you wow. can have freedom and you can change people's lives with it. You know, they need it. Like, it's up to you. It's what you do with it. Money by itself is, is neutral. Mm. You know, it's, it's really just uh, what you do with it. So I think I, uh, I'm a fan, you know, <laughs> I'm a fan of what you can do with it. Uh-huh. I, I love that because I think it's such a, um, positive outlook of, oh, you know, like this is not a bad thing because I think that I think in a, we live in a society where you see sort of two extremes that, oh, this is just, you know, basically leading to some people getting everything and a, a bunch of people getting nothing, um, you know, and while I don't agree with that perspective per se, I do think that, you know, inequality is a reality of the society that we live in. Yeah. I mean, look, I grew up on the other end of the spectrum, you know, I've been yeah. there, right? Um, it is. Um, I think that's, it's actually growing in our country, which is sad because, for a democracy to really flourish, you need a true middle class. And if you mm -hmm. squeeze out the middle class, you can have issues. Yeah. It's just, that's just history. Mm. Wow. Wow. Um, so I guess let's chat about one other thing that you said. Um, you know, we were both uh, talking about this. And I, I think the reason I actually outlined this, or the, underlined this quote, uh, was specifically because I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. Um, you said, you know, I've always had a difficult time with breakups. It's as if the end of each at the end of each relationship, I forget my own value and devolve. It's a deeply entrenched groove, which is why an alternative groove through consistent practice is a must. Um, that sense of forgetting your own value, I don't think that's isolated to breakups. I agree. Uh, I, think I agree. I was just giving uh, an example. That, I was just giving yeah. my own example. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we feel that when we have a creative failure of any sort, right? Like if we write a book and it doesn't live up to our expectations, if we lose money on an endeavor, um, how do you reclaim your sense of your own value? Like how have you done it in your life? I mean, fundamentally, this practice has really helped. Yeah. This practice, you know, it's, uh, if you're feeling, if you're having loving thoughts and feelings about yourself, you know, these things matter less to you. 
Mm. You know, you give your all and you really give your all and you love yourself and, and, uh, and life works out fine. You know, mm. really. It's like when you're not, is when you're not doing it is when, when actually you have issues. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you've, uh, I mean, it's simple stuff, man. I know, it, you know? Well, it's funny because I, you know, I know it, I've talked to you before and you know, I, I've, there's certain habits that have stuck. For example, I don't have any issues waking up and writing. I've done that for so long that it's just second nature. Uh, like that was my commitment. You know, it's like, I'm never, I'm never going to miss a day, uh, you know, for as long as I can go without it. I think the only exceptions have been when I've been like, uh, you know, there's good surfer. I'm with somebody else. Uh, but I think you really made a case for, you know, going through this practice and really cultivating it, even for me to sort of really think about how I'm going about the beginning of the new year. So, uh, I, I want to finish with my, my final question, which I know you've heard me asked, uh, a thousand times. Uh, and that is, you know, now I'm always curious to see how people answer this question when they come back to the show a second time or a third time. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? I think if they're really being their true self, you know, whether it's <laughs> positive or negative, when they bring their true self and they're not being what others think they should be, but really just being themselves, mm. you know, you stand out, yeah. you know, when, um, you just do, I think too much, too often in society, we're afraid of what others are going to think or feel. And so we don't really share. Look, I've been terrified, like this, this new version of the book, which is significantly beyond what the other version was, right? The other version was almost a, like a primer mm -hmm. and this is like the real deal. Um, I share things in here that I'm terrified, you know, things about my childhood and things that, you know, we haven't covered in the podcast, but like things that I've never told anyone. Mm -hmm. Why do I share them? Right. Because I also get my emails from my readers and what they're going through. And I've heard two things. One, I want them to know they're not alone. Right. Everyone goes through things. Second is I want them to see how I overcame them mm. and, you know, doing internal work so they can do it. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, I'm scared. I'm actually scared of people I know reading this, mm. right? But I also know that by being real, by being, by sharing the truth, and sharing the truth in a way that provides value, um, I'm being real in a way that's going to create magic for others, which eventually create magic for me as well. And so I'm sure. But um, and I think that's if you want to go to what makes someone unmistakable, it's like just being real, being themselves and being real. Yeah. And if you can do be real for the, for the sake of, of providing value, oh, then you're unmistakable. Mm. Amazing. Um, well, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time to join us and coming back and subjecting yourself to my insane question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find out more about uh, you, your work, the book, and everything else that you're up to? I mean, book you can find, you know, it's out uh, January 7, 2020. So you can get it in bookstores, Amazon, the usual. Love yourself like your life depends on it. Um, and me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, the usual. You know, I'm around. And I always put my email address in my books. You can always email me. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.